0: You know, I thought when I had a 27-year career and a steady paycheck and the house and just going through life day at a time, nothing ever happens, that I had certainty in my day. And then I get hit by a truck.
1: To the Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast, the exploration of a life fully optimized with Megan Hoffman. Hey, Maximum Enthusiasm Podcast listeners, welcome back. This episode is brought to you by my friends over at Relish Studio. Check them out on the web at relishstudio.com. They are a digital marketing firm devoted to purpose-driven business leaders, and their goal is to guide and support their customers as they realize the full potential of marketing To fuel both business and personal growth speaking from personal experience i have worked with relish on websites logo design and in fact the editing of this very podcast i can't say enough about them and my friend Stu is just a wonderful human he is totally in alignment in terms of environment and sustainability two things i'm very passionate about and in fact their entire business is a one percent for the planet partner which means they're giving back a percentage of their revenue to environmental causes and organizations I just love these guys. I can't say enough about them. If you decide to check them out and you want to hire them for a new job, make sure you mention the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast to them and they will offer you a 10% discount off of their normal rate on their first engagement with you. Check them out, relishstudio.com. Hey, listeners, welcome back. Today is a day of maximum enthusiasm. I'm sitting here on the brink of a long holiday weekend with excitement about a few days ahead to catch up, rest, take a few very much needed naps, maybe just stand with my bare feet in the grass for a minute, point my face up at the sun. It's been a hectic few weeks, and I have to say this podcast has filled a part of me that I didn't even know was missing. So I want to thank you for your support. Uh, within just these last basically 16 days, we've already had nearly a thousand listens. We've got several new companies coming on board as sponsors and the notes that you all have been sending me by text and Facebook messenger and, and Instagram messenger about the ways that these podcasts are touching you and affecting you and changing you has just filled my soul with so much happiness. And I have to thank you for helping me develop this this new endeavor and also just feeling a really great sense of purpose and bringing some of these amazing incredible people in my life to your eardrums via this podcast. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're driving, I hope you can just take a nice deep breath, settle in, set the cruise control or even just chill out for a minute and let that heart rate drop. Let these words settle over you. The guest on today's show is Jeff Phelps, and Jeff is a former client of mine. He hired me a couple years ago to help him when he was in a bicycle vehicle collision. He was riding his bike, and he was hit by a semi going 65 miles an hour. And there aren't many people in my life that I can say have had a near-death experience, but Jeff definitely did. And I wanted to explore that for you because I think those types of traumatic moments and experiences can serve as a launch pad for a whole new life. And my hope is that maybe you don't need to have a traumatic near-death experience in your life. You can just intentionally decide to pivot based on Jeff's message and you can pursue that life of passion and maximum enthusiasm because you decide to, because it is your intention. And you don't have to quit your job and sell everything you own and And move somewhere totally remote and far away. But instead, perhaps you can just make even small changes and modifications in your day. Perhaps explore faith or spirituality. Perhaps dig into your community a little bit more. Perhaps develop some relationships in your life. Even just working on being more present and being a better listener. And seeing where that takes you in terms of living the life that you want to live and having your very best day every day. So I hope that you enjoy this one with my friend, Jeff Phelps, who truly does epitomize maximum enthusiasm. Thanks, friends. Have an awesome day. All right, Jeff. Well, welcome to the Maximum Enthusiasm podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show today.
0: Well, thanks for inviting me to be on the show. I'm honored.
1: It's my my pleasure. We have so much good stuff to talk about. I'm really excited to share your message with our listeners A little backstory, Jeff and I met because he was involved in a collision, and we're going to talk about that in a second, but he hired me as his attorney, and the case has been closed for some time now, but in the the meantime, we've developed a friendship. We've had the occasion to ride bikes together a couple times, and we've had the opportunity to really explore a few of these topics like purpose and faith and living a life of your own design, and so those are some of the things that we're going to dig into today, and I I'm just so excited to share you with the listeners. <laughs> Thank you. So let's start at the very beginning because I think that's, that's the best place to start your story. And I want to have you take me back to the day of that bike ride and talk our listeners through what happened. And, um, and then we'll go from there.
0: Okay. Well, summer's in Nebraska. The mornings are beautiful. The uh, wind comes up midday, so you try to go out in the mornings and catch the great temps and the low wind. So I usually do that. So I I took off from my house about 5.30 in the morning, and uh, that was about sunrise. And I normally head west or north. I try to avoid the, the sun coming up in the east, but that morning it was an overcast day. And so I headed east on Highway 30, and I was out doing my training ride, riding as far right as possible on the road, and very few cars that time of day. And I heard something coming from behind me, you know, trusting that the vehicle was going to give me three feet or more, as I usually do. And uh, next thing I know, I'm being hit from a semi-truck that's going 60 miles per hour and, <laughs> and uh, just violently ejected off my bike. And all I remember is seeing grass and sky and grass and sky, and I just tumbled and tumbled and tumbled, remained conscious through the whole thing. And uh, I remember coming to a stop, and the adrenaline was just flowing. And, of course, I was at near max heart rate riding, so that just exaggerated it even more. And uh, I remember coming to a stop and just started praying, God, you know, I pray that I'm okay. And if I'm not okay, that's all right. You know, your will be done. And uh, just laying there and thinking, relax, don't move. Um, I grew up racing motocross, so I know what it's like to take a hit and fall and get back up. And this was a situation I knew I shouldn't get back up, just lay there, get my composure. I don't know what my, you know, the injuries would be. So just kept waiting to see what was going to happen. Next thing I know, probably within 20 seconds, not even that long, there's a guy standing over me asking me if I'm okay. And by God's grace, this guy was an EMT who was traveling through the area. He was from Denver. And he checked me over, wiggled my toes. I mean, when he realized my left arm was broken, he held it in place and he called uh, 911. And he was using terminology on the 911 call I'd never heard before. You know, and uh, I was so thankful that there was somebody with that medical training. To be right there and he was following the truck he saw the whole thing so he was a witness in the case and uh, I had him call my wife but the first thing I did I was laying on my right side I went to reach in my back jersey pocket to grab my phone and when I moved my arm but my arm didn't move it just rotated I knew something wasn't right <laughs> so I asked him to grab my phone and we pressed the Siri button I called my wife and uh, she was just leaving the gym and so she headed right out to her the uh The collision happened and uh, the ambulance passed her on the way out Mm. so she was there to see the whole thing take place and another thing I'm thankful for is I knew both uh, paramedics that were in the ambulance and the one got out of the ambulance and he's like Jeff what the heck did you do now (laughs) and I've known him most of my life so I was thankful I knew those people and they took good care of me but uh, I was transferred to the Sydney hospital Sydney Nebraska which is about eight miles away and uh... it was in the yard ER for a couple hours and they were concerned that the uh, fracture of my left arm was compound that it came through the skin so they transferred me to scott's bluff nebraska by ambulance and uh... it was not a compound fracture but it was a pretty pretty bad fracture and uh... they decided to try to let it heal naturally and um So we went two weeks trying to let it heal naturally in a sling, and that wasn't working. Ended up having surgery two weeks later with a plate and screw. Um, But it wasn't just a broken arm. I tell people that it wasn't like a third grader falling off the swing set, breaking his arm, gets a cast six weeks later, he's back out playing again. This is a situation where I had severe bruising on my left side from where the truck hit me. Um, The way the arm broke, I'm thankful I didn't. Damage my radial nerve or ulnar nerves, where you know I could still move my hands and have function. Um, I fractured my right ankle, it's a hairline fracture, but uh, fractured my right ankle. And uh, the bone I broke in my left arm was a humerus, which is the upper arm bone. Um, so at the two week point, I went in for the. Um oh, well, let me back up here. My helmet, my specialized evade helmet was cracked clear down the middle, and they, of course they x-rayed me, they cat scanned me, they did everything they could. I had zero brain damage, I had no concussion. It's amazing that my helmet cracked down the middle, I had no concussion. Wow. But uh, I went in for the two week, waited the two weeks for the surgery, went in, and the day before my left calf was really hurting, it was pretty bruised, it was hurting pretty bad deep inside, so I questioned whether I had a blood clot. So they're prepping me for surgery, and uh, I asked the doctor, I said, do you think I could have a blood clot? My left calf hurts pretty bad. So he said, let's do an ultrasound. Let's check it out. And sure enough, there was a blood clot in my left calf. And they didn't want to do surgery because anesthesia relaxes the vessels, and that thing could break loose and kill me. So instead of surgery, I went to interventional radiology, and they went through my neck and put a IBC blood clot filter down in my vena cava artery, basically at abdomen level and uh, then the next day had the surgery so there was that little filter in place to catch the blood clot it was to break loose of course went through the surgery came through fine got my arm plated and screwed together Um, a couple days later out of the hospital should have been out the next day but because of the blood clot I had to be monitored but after two weeks they removed the blood clot filter and it was dissolved with the medication so that was good but uh, course the bike you know first thing a guy says is how's the bike not how's the body <laughs> you invest a lot of money into your bicycle so you want to make sure that they're uh, they're okay and of course it was trashed um but that was the least of my concerns truthfully i just thankful to be alive you know being hit by a truck at 60 miles an hour the way he hit my hip and my right or my left arm another inch or two i'd have been killed
1: And I want to focus on that, Jeff, because there's not many people that I can have on the show that have experienced what you experienced and also remain conscious. You know, normally that type of trauma, the body kind of shuts down in in protective mode. And so there's oftentimes this gap in memory. And you have this amazing experience where you recall being hit by the truck. And then there's this passage of time, as you said, sky grass, sky grass. And what I really want to know is... What are those thoughts in your mind as you think that you may be facing death? I mean, this truly was a near-death experience, and there's not many people that have that moment come into their life. And so what what does Jeff Phelps think about in that moment?
0: I'll be honest with you. I was at total peace if I was to die. Wow. Because of my faith in Jesus, I knew I'd be in heaven. And that's why I laid there and prayed, God. If you take me now, I'm okay with that. If you bless me with more years of my life, that's great. But I was at peace, and I was not scared. And it's hard to put into words the peace that I had. The whole thing, in the ambulance, in the ER, just a peace about it. In fact, when I was in the ER, I was laying down the whole time. They tried sitting me up after about an hour, and I blacked out. I totally passed out. Then I started having a seizure, and uh, my son was in my wife went home to get her clothes to travel to Bluff, and she left my my college-age son in the emergency room to watch, and he had to witness his dad pass out and have a seizure, him not knowing what's going on. And um, but at that time, still, when I blocked out, when I came to, it was like there was just, it was peaceful. Wow. I, I, I can't describe how peaceful it was and wasn't freaking out wasn't scared. I just knew my life was in God's hands.
1: That's amazing, Jeff. That's, that's truly amazing. Uh, was there any moment in your mind where you said, Oh, man, I'm gonna miss something or I wish I had done something. So maybe almost a regret or just a, a hope to still have the opportunity to do something?
0: is just to be there with my family you know both my kids were in college and um, just to see them move on with their life and grandkids and and uh, you know I love life you know
1: you certainly do you you epitomize maximum enthusiasm my friend and you have since the day that I met you and you continue to do it every time I see you Uh, I want to talk about, you know, not only do you get through this near-death experience with so much faith and peace and grace, frankly, and the guy who still has a smile on his face throughout, but then unbeknownst to you, life was about to throw you a series of curveballs very shortly thereafter, and I just want to preface this by saying, because I was in your life at this time, at no point did I ever hear you complain, at no point did I ever hear you angry, I continued to see you positive, 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 and with such resilience. And so talk us, talk us through everything that then unfolded and what your state of mind was and how you were able to stay so positive.
0: Really from the day of my crash, so much happened in my life. My parents, um, my mom has developed Alzheimer's in this two year period. My dad has had back surgery which led to complications and I couldn't be there to take care of him you know thankfully my brother could come out from California and take care of my parents Um, my wife started developing some health issues we couldn't figure out and that carried through really through the beginning of 17 and she ended up having some surgeries and in that same time frame As my dad was in the hospital after his back surgery, my mom had to have our gallbladder out at the same time. They were both in the hospital together. There are just so many things with my close family members that the stress levels were so high. On top of all of this, the company I worked for, Cabela's, was under strategic decisions of what to do with the company because Bass Pro Shops was going to buy them. And uh, so we had the pending merger kind of over all of our heads. Am I going to have a job? And April this year, after 27 years with the company, um, I took a retirement package that they offered employees. And um, I'm viewing that as an opportunity to move on and do something exciting with my life. I'm not bitter, um, just thankful for the time I had. And uh, I know God's got great things for me for the future. But uh, there's so many things to sort through. And up until that point of the crash, my life's been easy street. haven't had trials. I mean, some trials, you know, you have work issues, you have stress, but nothing major in my life. And it all hit me in a two-year period. Wow. But I know that trials happen to everybody. You know, everybody's going to face something in their life. And... And maybe at the end of their life, them in the middle, of the beginning, for me, a lot happened in two years. But I just trusted in God that he's going to get me through it. And what I like to do is visually look back in time, like I'm crossing a river and I'm on a stepping stone. And I look back at the previous stones that I have stepped on and how I've learned from those, God's got me to the next stone, and... I look at the circumstance that happened on that stone and how it was okay. Things turned out okay. You go to the next stone. And I know there's future stones ahead of me to step on, and I'm just having faith that things are going to work out as I move forward across that river and through the rest of my life, whether that ends today or ends when I'm 102.
1: That's a great visual, Jeff. Um, I've got two questions I want to ask you from from that standpoint. One, I want to talk to you about the fact that you had this near-death experience while riding your bike, and yet pretty much as soon as you were cleared by your doctors, you were right back on your bike, and I want to talk about that. But then I also want to ask you, how is the Jeff Phelps today different than the Jeff Phelps from prior to these major trials and these major stepping stones? And you can answer those in whatever order you want.
0: A lot of people can't understand why I ride the bike again you got to go back in my life. My brother told me the story the other day. My brother's quite a few years older than me. And it was his responsibility he told me to teach me how to ride a bike when we took the training wheels off. So we went out that day, and he said, he took the training wheels off, and as soon as he took them off, I took off down the street and I popped a wheelie. And he looked at my other brother and said, well, this isn't going to work. <laughs> Race and motocross, two wheels have been a part of my life. And I think I'd be miserable sitting on the couch channel surfing. I think that would kill me faster than anything.
1: And so I feel I like there's it. a little bit of advice right there to share with our listeners, which is what I hear you saying is when you love something so much, you can't let one mishap take it from you. Is that a fair statement?
0: Oh, that's a very fair statement. Like I say, race and motocross. You take a hit, you crash, you get injured, you're waiting for the day to get back on the bike. And when the doctor came in after my surgery and said it'll be, I said it'll be about six weeks like a normal broken bone, he's like, no, more like 12 if not more. I already started counting the days when I could ride again. In fact, once we received the money for the crash replacement on the bike from the insurance company, I ordered the frame, ordered the parts. I couldn't use my arm for about two months. I'd let it hang at its side. But I built that bike up in the garage with one hand. I was so eager to ride. So I didn't hesitate very long. Once I knew what my injuries were and what the outcome would be, I couldn't wait to get on the bike again.
1: And um, so your advice... Sounds like when someone has something that brings them an immense amount of joy, I mean, A, figure out what in your life brings you that kind of joy, right? And if you don't have something like that that fires you up, you should be constantly in pursuit of something that makes you feel like that. And then B, I hear there's the component of faith and belief that you're going to be okay and that you're not going to let this one bad day take away a lifelong love for you. And, um, And also just knowing you, the exercise really does allow you to be who you are, doesn't it?
0: Oh, it sure does. It sure does. Being out on the bike is my quiet time. A lot of people say you need to lock yourself in the closet and have your quiet time. My quiet time's on the road. And since my crash, I've listened to you preach and I've stopped wearing headphones when I ride. <laughs> <laughs> and so I listen more to what's going on around me. I listen more to God, thoughts in my head, really get a reflect out there on the road.
1: I love that. I tell
0: people, you know, if you you got in a car wreck, somebody T-bones your intersection. Would you ride in a car again? Probably. Because you got to get around. But this is a passion. And it's hard to explain to somebody who doesn't share the same passion. They may have a passion about something else that they wouldn't want to give up. But this is, you know, what makes me tick.
1: Life's too short to give up the things that bring us that amount of joy. And, and having seen you on your bike, I can tell our listeners that you're like a kid in a candy shop every time you're on your bike. I mean, okay. you just you're exuberant and you're just this magnified, you know, happiness uh, for sure. So, I mean, seeing you on a bike, it's just a natural extension of you. So, um, you know, I can understand why you've resumed riding. But I also think that takes a great amount of courage. And I think um, it's pretty neat that you've decided to live your life like that on purpose.
0: You know, you asked me the question, how is a Jeff Phelps now?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I would say I am more, have more empathy for people who are going through struggles, who are sick, who are injured, who are having marital issues, whatever. I feel like I have more empathy for people in what they're going through. I'm taking more time to listen to people and not just listen and say, yeah, 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 I hear you but truly try to connect with them and help them. And if that's the thing that I'm supposed to be doing, one thing I learn out of this, it's great. Um,
1: I want to ask you about that because you and I have had a conversation about how you're feeling pulled to do something new with your life. And maybe that's a result of the career change that wasn't your choice. And maybe that's a result of the crash or perhaps a combination of the two um, but one of the things we talk about on this podcast is a sense of purpose and pursuing your best life. And oftentimes we feel a pull. And if we try to disregard it, that's where a lot of the tension in our life comes from. And I don't think that you're experiencing tension. I think you're experiencing like a new awakening, like a, like a Jeff 2.0. Um, talk me through some of the kind of pulls and nudges that you're feeling and, and ways that you're exploring where this new purpose-driven life is taking you.
0: You know, I want to find something, a career, whatever I do, is a benefit to people, to help people. And whether that's in, in business and somebody buys a product from me that is, makes them happy or whether I'm in a role to encourage people, you know, I don't know what that looks like right now. You know, I'm working on a few things, but nothing solid for sure. Um, I have a story to tell. I have a story to tell, and cycling advocacy is something that I'm passionate about. And I'm trying to figure out how to connect in that world and how to get my story out. Maybe this podcast is a start of that just to share my story, encourage people to be safe. Mm hmm. You know, we just did the Golden Grand Fondo together last weekend.
1: Well, one of us finished and it wasn't me. <laughs> I, felt like, I felt like I barely finished.
0: But, you know, at the start, the promoter, he always gives a speech and he's talking about, you know, we have to represent, we have to be safe. Even he gave that speech, and I'm out on the road and there's cars going up the mountain passes and around the curves, and I'm seeing cyclists riding in the middle of the lane by themselves, not on the right side, not giving cars the room. And I just want to grab them and say, look at the scar on my arm. You know? This could happen to you very easily. You're riding out there being dangerous. You didn't heed the advice. You know? How do I get involved to share my story and encourage people to be safe? And... Uh, be better advocates for the cycling community with cars, you know, motorists. And so, what- I just feel like there, there's a, a change coming for me. And um, maybe it's not coming as fast as I would like. You know, it's been over two years since the collision. But I know God's kept me on this earth for a purpose. And I'm just waiting on his timing to reveal that.
1: And that's kind of an exciting feeling, isn't it? To be kind of on the precipice of something new, to almost feel like you're in the slingshot where you've been pulled back a little bit and you're about to be released. And you can kind of feel this expectancy and this pull from the universe um, towards, what I sense you're being pulled towards is, is a, a, a truer purpose or truer calling and um you know correct me if i'm wrong but i suspect that a lot of your life has been like most people's lives which is you know you grow up you have a family you go get a job and you just go to your job every day that's just what you do and something about this collision in these last two years of your life has really caused you to call all of that into question and you're now seeking more you are not just looking for a job i hear you seeking a purpose and a calling is that fair
0: that's very fair that's very fair. And I had a thought last night, I was thinking about coming on your podcast, and it's the word certainty. You know, I thought when I had a 27-year career and a steady paycheck and the house and just going through life day at a time, nothing ever happens, that I had certainty in my day. And then I get hit by a truck, and my world's turned upside down and then all the other issues that I talked about earlier in the podcast with family and health and and career and now I'm in a position where I'm looking for that next thing but you know what I have just as much certainty now as I had when I had that 27 year career we don't know what tomorrow brings we only have today and things certain is the breath you just breathed in and if a person can live that way and stop worrying about tomorrow yeah. and be grateful for the things you have this, you know, when you wake up in the morning, it puts life in perspective. Yeah. Certainty is something I thought I had and I've never had it all along and that's okay.
1: And the interesting thing and almost ironic thing is you're happier now than you were before, aren't you?
0: Oh, Definitely. I wouldn't say there's still, I'm not saying I'm stress-free. No, no, no. And I'm not saying I don't have times in my life or my days where I wonder what's going to happen next. I still worry about the future. But I try to bring myself back around to just having faith and trusting that things are going to be all right.
1: So uh, in the last five minutes of this, what I'd really like to focus on for the the benefit of our listeners, because... um, you know, We hope that most people don't experience a near-death experience as you did, but in a way it's a gift that you received and you can now shine some light into other people's lives. So to those who are sort of going through their day and they're just on this treadmill of life and they're in the midst of the hustle and they're, um, they're chasing that you know next paycheck or that next promotion or um, whatever that next achievement is and maybe they haven't really ever stopped and thought about if it's what they want or if it's what their life purpose is, You know, spend some time just telling our listeners what you would recommend for them to start exploring their best, most fulfilling, happiest life.
0: That's a great question. I think I said it just previously, to be grateful for everything you have. Grateful for the air you breathe in. Grateful for your family. Grateful for God. Grateful for the trials. I'm grateful for what I went through. And it sounds odd that I'm grateful that I got hit by a truck. But it shook me up, and it caused me to look at my life differently. Um, Don't stress. I look back at the things I stressed about, whether it's a change at work that ended up being nothing, and I let it control my life for a month or two months because I sense a change coming and it never happened. But no, just take each day at a time. And trust that things are going
1: to be okay. Have faith. And so, uh, Jeff, as you look forward, you know, you've got this exciting new chapter that's brewing, and I can certainly s- see that. It's it's palpable. It's perceivable that there's something really cool and, and awesome coming your way. I can't see where the – I just can't wait to see where the future takes you. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to touch many, many lives, and you already do just with your presence. Um, but if you were to fast forward – to the ultimate end of your days, what do you hope that people say about you at your funeral? What is the legacy that Jeff Phelps is going to leave behind?
0: Well, I know you ask this question to every guest on your show. And uh, I talked to you about this at the Golden Grand Fondale. As cyclists, we plan out our training for our peak event for the season. So we look out to the future to that peak event and we count back You know, for me, it's 28 weeks usually of build up to that day. And then you plan your training around that. And everything you do, everything you eat, your training, your writing, the way you live your life is set up where when you hit that peak day, you're at your optimum fitness and you've done everything right.
1: And And you work backwards from the event, don't you? Backwards from
0: the event. So when you ask the question, what would I want people to say at my funeral? It's the same thing. You work backwards and you live your life to where these things can be said about you. Um, the first thing I want people to say is that I put Jesus first in every area of my life, and that I overflowed into all my relationships. In the way I loved my wife and was faithful to her and committed to her, the way I raised and loved my children, um, the way I treated my friends and neighbors, took time to listen to people, um, the way I conducted business—you know, was I was I ethical? Did I operate with integrity? that People trust me in my in my work life. I talked about having empathy earlier. People will think that they could talk to Jeff Phelps; that he listens and he truly cares. Um, I want to be known as a man of integrity. People say he was a man of his word; he could be trusted. And on the lighter side, I'd say that uh, I never acted my age. <laughs>
1: Which I'll just tell our listeners, you got to check out uh, Jeff Phelps' Instagram and I'll have a link to it on the website too. But he does some really cool bike tricks like wheelies and um, what was that latest BMX trick that you posted? Oh, that was the boomerang. The boomerang. (laughs) It's pretty cool. (laughs) He never acted his age. I love it.
0: (laughs) 50 year old trying to act 16, 17 years old again.
1: But honestly, age is just a number and I think acting that way keeps you young, doesn't it?
0: It sure does. I had a grandfather that was my hero. He did 200 push-ups a day till he was like in his mid-80s. He learned to ride a unicycle like a child, and it kept him young for a long time.
1: And Jeff, final question. If you have a book or a resource that you recommend to our listeners, is there a recent read or even a podcast that you've listened to or something that has brought you some inspiration that you'd like to share or impart?
0: You know, I don't do much reading. (laughs) so yeah i really have nothing to to share on that regards
1: okay do you have a favorite quote
0: yeah i do i do and it's more of a statement that there's three kinds of people in this world those who make things happen those who watch things happen and those who say hey what happened
1: i love it Jeff, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. I um, I look forward to your 2.0 chapter. I just, in my heart, I can tell that there's something really incredible ahead for you. And I look forward to our continued bike rides together.
0: Well, great. Thanks for having me on the show. And thanks for all you did for me oh. to represent me in my case.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Maximum Enthusiasm with Megan Hotman. Subscribe, check out our blog, and learn more at MaximumEnthusiasm.com.